Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. All right. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, um, today, my guest is a very good friend of mine, uh, business partner, buddy, um, uh, anything and everything. We've we've done a lot of stuff together, uh, Go Abundance, Mastermind, Brothers. Um, so, uh, Sergio, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you. If you can, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into uh, being very dad-focused. Cool. Thanks for having me, Adam. So, my name is Sergio Altamari. I'm based out of Philadelphia, uh, 47 years old, got a little girl. She's about to be six on March 11th. Um, I'm a uh, reborn, recareered over and over again. Uh, I spent 22 years working for the Federal Reserve, had a, a day job, uh, launched a company in the meantime. Uh, we're in self-storage syndication, moving more and more towards larger private equity. Um, my wife, daughter, and I are, are very close and tight as, as you might expect. And so my whole objective in life is to find that right amount of balance between creating a legacy wealth and, and doing what I enjoy, which is now building a company and spending as much time with, uh, with my family while also doing my best to, uh, create the, a, a, or at least allow for my child to be, you know, develop her own way and kind of learn from my mistakes, um, you know, things that I wish that my parents did or didn't do. And, you know, along the way, just enjoy the ride and the journey. Awesome. Uh, you know, being, you're one of the, the, I selfishly created this this podcast to kind of steal everybody's good ideas, right? So I could talk to everybody about being a dad and what they do and, um, and it worked out really well that we're, we're in GoBundance because there's a lot of guys in there that like being dads and they're entrepreneurs. So, uh, I said, well, I've got a massive group of people. Um, and you're the first person that besides my own dad that I'm recording with, um, there's a reason for that, right? You and I, when we first got into GoBundance, we were the first, we were like first, almost people we met in GoBundance, um, um, starting off on, on phone calls together. Uh, and I absolutely love watching you be a dad. I think it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, you know, my kids have met your kid and we've ran around and had dinner together, spent time at your house. Um, uh, and it just, you know, I love being able to talk to other dads who actually enjoy being dads. Um, I was in the military for a long time and there was a lot of dads that just seemed like that was like their extracurricular thing that they happen to do on the weekend sometimes, you know, um, and that, that always broke my heart. Um, so, uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, uh, let, let's start at kind of the beginning. Let's, let's, uh, look at your dad. Um, what it like, tell me a little bit about the relationship between you and your dad and how maybe that influenced how you, uh, um, wanted to, to be as a father, um, as much or as little detail as you'd like to go into on that. Cool. So, 
you'll probably get a little bit um, philosophical here because um, I, you know, my relationship with my dad has taken me on a journey of um, uh, self-reflection, awareness. Um, you know, my my dad had a lot of had mental issues. My father passed away. Now it's um, it's been seven years. Just recently, I actually, uh, uh, yeah, just recently, and so. You know, my dad is, was very much raised, uh, very traditional and conventional. If you look at the fundamentals of life, it's, it's to survive and reproduce. And my father very much was the, the guy that reproduced, had kids, but then his focus was on surviving. And, and what that means is just working. Uh, my father was a tailor. My, my parents were Italian immigrants. And, and, um, my father had, he ultimately, he had a nervous breakdown, uh, in, in the eighties, uh, dealt with bipolar disorder, schizophrenia later on at Parkinson's. Uh, he, he came from a really small village in Italy and it was a, uh, I guess now we would call it probably more of an, a, a, a psychologically abusive type of upbringing where he, he, you know, it was kind of like put to work at a early age, like, uh, you know, 10, 12 years old. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what you did then. So, um, as I grew up, um, and especially in my teenage years, being in a, in a household, you know, with a father that had mental health shoes and whatnot, I didn't, you know, what did I know about that? It did it just, my dad was just strange and, so anyway, it wasn't until I ultimately in, in my twenties developed my own anxieties, panic attacks, little, you know, d- disorders myself to where I became, um, you know, it was through the, the going through multiple doctors and, you know, exploring, Hey, am I dying of this? And cause you know, mental issue issues manifest into physical issues. So that's what I was, that's what I experienced. And, um, it was through, through all that where. Um, I was kind of my, my, I have two older sisters and my, my sisters were primary, the primary ones that, that, you know, took care of my dad and, and brought him, my parents didn't drive. So my, my parents, my, my sisters took my either dad to doctor's visits or whatever. I was kind of a disconnected kid. I was a lot of resentment there. So anyway, long story short, it was eventually where he, he developed a, a vascular disease from cigarette smoking and. Um, it was, he, he ultimately had to get his leg amputated. And it was at that point where kind of, it was on me to kind of sign off on that because nobody else in the family would do that. That kind of forced me into kind of quickly growing up and, and assuming more of a male leadership role in the family. And I bring all this up because it was through all of those experiences and going through my own anxiety issues that number one is, uh, it, it, it brought me closer to now more so prayer and, and church and, and spirituality, but at that time, understanding psychology and being more self-aware. I mean, I've been meditating now for 20 some years. Um, I spend more time working all my mental issues or, or not, don't want to say mental issues, but my mental outlook and, and being self-aware. And that has translated into me. Number one is, is I love, like you mentioned, being a dad. Um, I, I think that that is the pinnacle of honor in life 
is to bring a child into the world. And then it's an obligation to nurture and raise that child, not in a controlling way, but in a way that allows, you know, the child to live the way we're designed, which is in harmony with life and, and just, you know, loving life. And, and I tell people all the time, like when they ask, like how, how Stella, she's still that way. I say, she's perfect. I can only screw her up. And, and what I mean by that is not intentionally, but we are, you know, I mean, we are offspring of our parents. And so they, we hand down the way that we think we're supposed to raise kids and do this, that, and the other thing. And my approach, and, and Corinne, thank God, and, and married somebody, we have, we share the same approach is to not, right? It's kind of like create guardrails and the guardrails are really far and wide. We're not going to fall off a cliff, but you can get awfully close to it. Mm-hmm. And then really kind of steer and, and kind of use the world as your playground, um, if you will. And so I, I'm, I use my daughter as to learn myself because she's showing what play, joy, un, uh, you know, untainted love of life, it looks like. And as we've gotten older, um, I'm kind of working more towards getting back to that. Um, but that's, that's, you know, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I, I've learned to study my dad, my parents, their upbringing and try and learn and, and kind of say, what, what are the really parts that I know that I've inherited that I'm really super proud of? And then how do I pass those down while kind of tweaking those things that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a part of me that I don't really like, want or need. I think that's, that's unbelievably valuable to do. I think that I, like personally, I've seen way too many parents that just, they don't think about how they're parenting. They don't think about, they just, well, this is what I, this is what I know how to do. So this is what I do. Right. So one of the things that I talk about in, in with coaching students, with anybody is uh, the book secrets of a millionaire mind, right? Where it's mostly talking about money. But it basically is talking about where you got your framework for money. Like for me, I got my framework for money from my parents, just like I got my framework for parenting from my parents. Yeah, I I needed to analyze that myself to figure out how I wanted to take what was good and leave what was bad. Right, like chew the meat, spit out the bones. Right, I like. But so many people are just stuck with the whole rack of ribs. They don't chew the meat and spit out the bones. They're just like, well, this is what I've got, so this is what I'm going to do. My my dad beat me, so I'm going to beat my kids. My dad did this, so I'm going to do like. You know, we we can we can set it up to where we we stop the pattern of bad behavior and continue the patterns of good behavior. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't do that unless you start thinking about it. So you know, that's one thing I've appreciated. You know, hearing some of your story before and and knowing that you know that's one of the, I think the benefits of being around a group of guys that we're 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 with is we are always trying to challenge each other to become better and critically think about what we're doing. Um, and one thing that I, I just would love for people to critically think more about is how they're being a parent, how they're being a dad, especially, right? Because I think dads are, while I'm not taking anything away from moms, dads are an extremely important part of a, of a, of a child's life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, fatherless homes, uh, I don't know the statistics right off the top of my head, but fatherless homes are like the number one cause for uh, people going to jail, for people uh, not graduating high school, all the stuff. And it, it, it's not because a mom can't do these things, it's because there's the balance of having a dad there, right? An involved dad. Um, so speaking of involved dad, right? You you are an involved dad. As we're recording this, you just came back from Mexico with your family. 
Um, you know, we tried to record last week, but of course you had to be in Mexico with your family. Uh, but, uh, uh, it doesn't sound like you had that much involvement with your dad, um, on, on that front. Right. So, and, and for me, my dad was, was gone sometimes working three jobs, uh, bouncing around, like traveling all the time, doing a lot of work, doing what he knew was best, which was to take care of his family. You know, you, you said that, um, your dad was more survive and reproduce, right? Um, my dad was more just, uh, provide financially. So as long as he was providing financially and had a, ho- a house over our head, he was succeeding because, his framework for a dad was unbelievably dreadful. Like, so he, my dad, my dad was the pivot point for us, whether he knows it or not. For me, he was a, he was the pivot point in changing that family because he went from a very abusive, uh, dad, um, both emotionally, physically, everything into now, at least I'm providing for my family. I'm not abusing them. I'm giving them a house, a comfortable place, which allowed me the framework to be able to go, well, well, now I could do even more with my, with my family. So, Tell me what involvement looks like in with you and your family and your kids. Like, how do how do you get them involved in? Uh, how do you get Stella involved in uh, in business and life? You know, how how are you guys engaging on a day to day basis now that you're basically working from home and you're done with twenty two years of the Fed? Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's it's really the, the the number one thing that I work on um, constantly is self awareness. And being intentional. And it's the, like, you talk about, you talk about what other parents that, that do where, you know, they're just got the whole rack of ribs is they're following a, just a pattern and they're not even aware of it. And so, and it's very easy to do that. I mean, we, 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 you know, the technology has been, it's been huge part of losing we're being disconnected from reality and, and, and life. And so everybody, most people kind of operate living, living by a script. So it starts for me, it starts with self-awareness and being intentional. Now is it perfect? No, but there's a, you know, if you look at the opposite of streams and, and one is being, you know, worse bad habits, right? Constantly being on your phone and, and, and kind of giving your, you know, the, the typical parent, giving your kid lip service while they're not even paying attention, not realizing the actual impact that that alone is having with the child, keenly aware that mom or dad is not paying attention to the opposite, being fully engaged, fully present. Um, so it starts with that. It, it, it starts with being aware, um, it starts with, and, and for me, it's about being intentional and giving a hundred percent, uh, is a perfect no, giving a hundred percent in whatever I am doing or, or trying to. Now, now if I'll be perfectly honest and saying if, if we're watching a cartoon that Stella really enjoys and I've got no interest in, then, then you're going to see my attention get pulled into you know, work or whatever, but I try to balance that by being as intentional as possible, as often as possible when we're together. And it also goes back then. And, and a big part of this conversation is, um, and, and being a, a, a strong parent is it can't be understated of leading by example. Kids do what you're doing, not what you say. 
And that I'm very, very much aware of that. So when I see my, when I see Stella acting in a way that I look and say, I do not approve, it's pretty obvious where that came from. She's mirroring me. She's mirroring my wife. If it's something that's outside of the house, then it's my job to kind of course correct that. But it also comes down to how my relationship with Corinne and my wife, that is, he's talking about framework, right? That is the framework of, and, and beyond that, how I show up at work, how I show up at church, how I show up with relationships, that's what I'm instilling. So it's not about, let me lecture you on X, Y, and Z. Let me lead by example. That is very, very difficult. Most people can't get that part right. And that to me is very motivating. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I, I haven't had a, a, a drink in, um, since August of 21 now. And, and a big part of that was, I mean, I, you know, it starts with my own ADD and my own issues and trying to kind of be as balanced as possible. But I also, um, you know, was aware that my dad was, um, probably more of a functional alcoholic, like a lot of people are, that, that oh, I only have one or two drinks. And I, I know a lot of these people that say that, but then when I'm with them, it's four or five. It's not one or two, right? So you tell yourself it's one or two, and then you kind of like veer off kilter. But so aside, I mean, I, 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 I like to tie areas of life that I'm correcting to a greater purpose. So for that, the easiest thing to do is I don't want my daughter growing up remembering me with a glass of wine or whatever in my hand. I don't want that to be her memory. So that makes that purpose easier. And then, and, and that rings true for a lots of my life. I mean, there was a time where my dad, my, my daughter said, daddy, why do you have a fat belly? And I'm like, whoa, you know, and not that I was huge, but I had kind of like the beer gut thing going. And that was enough to, to make a change. So yeah. the part of me is, is knowing that when she, the time that we have now is very important to her memories and how she reflects back later on in life. So what we're doing at any given moment is hugely important, you know, and we're, I, I don't remember where I read or heard of this, but is. It's about creating those magical moments, right? That's what sticks out in your head. Some of the things that I remember as a kid aren't very pleasant. Um, so the idea is like, how do I create more and more, more of those dominating pleasant thoughts? So when she's later in life that she's not, you know, she's in her 20s and like, holy shit, she's got psychological issues as opposed to, no, she's just a happy person. So that was probably a long-winded way of answering that, but, um, I remembered a question, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think, oh boy, there was a lot to, to pull out there. Um, uh, so the two key words that you, you, you hit on were self-awareness and intentionality. So, um, I think that it, one of the things we, you know, we talk about a lot in business stuff is, um, why, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And you're applying that as a dad as well. Why is it that I'm you know, when it comes to my child, why is it that I'm like, not that you're carrying a glass of wine because of your child, but 
I'm carrying this this glass of wine. What is that doing to my child? Or what is my child going to think about that? What's what's Stella thinking as I'm carrying this? You know, I I I'm I'm a Scotch guy, right? So if I'm carrying a glass of Scotch every day, um, you know, what what is my son taking away from that? Uh, you know, and and there's there's got to be a why there. Like so, everything that you know, I struggle a lot with with the kiddos in in various different ways, right? And the one thing, you know, I was I was sending a message. I I get really engaged in work, as I know you do as well. Get really focused. There was a kids event um, recently at my my kid's school, and my sister in law was like, "Hey, if you're not going to be able to make it, don't worry. You know, um, uh, Tio David, you know, Uncle David's going to be there." Uh, so, you know, not a big deal. And I, I, I had to pause for a second and go, man, like there's gotta be a view from that outside of, um, work is, is coming first. Right. And, um, yeah, I had to slap myself in the face a little bit and say that, that there's a reason I left the military after 18 years, um, uh, 15 and a half active and a couple reserve years in the middle. So yeah, there, I left so that I could spend more time with my kids. And if I forget that. If I forget that because I just replaced one job with another job, not started to build something so that I could have the freedom to be able to do what I want with my kids and I'm forgetting, right? So it comes again back to that why. Why am I sitting in front of this computer um, talking to you to help me be a better dad? Why am I sitting in front of this computer to do work is to to help provide the freedom to go be a dad and go travel when I want to with my kids and be able to pick them up from school and drop them off and what a blessing, you know? And if we're putting our our that lens on all the time and go, okay, well, why am I, is what I'm doing uh, being, making for a healthy, more prosperous child and family. Uh, If it's not, then I may need to rethink that, right? Because that that's, what's got to be most important for me. It's, it's my God, my wife, my kids, right. And then anything else, right. So as long as I'm keeping them in that order, my God, my wife, my kids, then I feel like I'm doing okay. But there's a lot of work that goes on below that line to make sure that all that happens. Well, I, I think it also starts, and and it's probably in between your wife and 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 God is is yourself. Um, I I like to use the the saying that you know when you get on an airplane, it says put your mask on first. Right? You can't tell anybody else in your life, in your family, or whatever unless we are taking care of ourselves. So I spend I, I spend the dominating time. In, in my mind and, and in my life is where am I at right now? Where, what am I doing right now? And, and constantly observing what am I thinking about? How do I feel? Um, you know, and am I coming from a place of joy and abundance or, or, you know, scarcity and, and, and pain? And that's, there's a fine line there. Um, and when I look at it as, what I do by day, and I think this was part of the last question, was intertwining, um, you know, business and family. It's not an either or. To me, it's where are am I following my passions? And 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 passion to me is 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 a word and and feeling that kind of gets thrown around and, and twisted in a lot of different ways. But to me, what it means is where is my dominating thoughts, behaviors, and patterns for me? And, 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 and what is the purpose that's driving that? My passions right now, um, are not, I, I, I don't want to over engineer being a dad, right? I don't, I don't 
I, I want to give myself grace because I, I look at my daughter and I say, am I pleased with who she is and, um, you know, just general behavior? Not, and it's not in a controlling way, but is her heart in the right place? Do I see joy? Do I see contributing and impact and, and whatever else? And the answer to that is yes. So when I look at that as being a dad, and that's, if that's my barometer, doing a good job. For me, what I'm hopefully leading by example and for myself is, am I doing whatever I'm doing passionately? And why I, I left the day job, it wasn't necessarily a conscious, hey, I'm going to do this. I mean, a lot of people go through these scripted lives where in five years, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing in five years, I must change it, whatever. Right? That's not, that's not living. Um, my passions right now, my passions have always been aligned and I just study myself and my own behaviors. My passions are around community and, and servitude and, and serving the people around me. Obviously, you know, the, the, the folks in my home are paramount to that, but there's a greater, greater impact. So for me, what I'm doing and what I'm building is, is a company that is anchored in contributing an impact, right? That's to our investors generating returns to the customers, to our rating or self storage units and to our team, right? Building a company where we've got a team of people that want to work together. And I love the team thing, right? I use a lot of team analogies in, and even relating with the folks that I work with, because if we are collectively succeeding, then we're all going to have our own content. We all feel contribute that we're contributing. Everybody wants to contribute. That's that's human nature. It's an animal instinct. Is is what what are our innate instincts, and then you know what, how do we feel like we're contributing? And I take it. I'm trying to break that concept, that idea down into the most primitive approach. Right? If you go to I don't know, the, um, uh, a, a jungle in South America where it's very primitive and people just have bare, have next to nothing. Everybody contributes in some form or another based on, you know, genetics, talents, you know, whatever passion is, whether you're, you're, you know, uh, uh, sewing garments to clothes, whether you're cooking food, whether you're a hunter, you're a gatherer, whether you're providing entertainment. We all have primitive instincts on what we're drawn to. So for me, I'm a natural leader. And if you put me in a group and there's not a more dominating leader, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to assume that role. I mean, you've probably seen some of that. And for me, that's just a natural, that's just a natural instinct. That's where I feel like I can contribute. And the reality there is I take that as my responsibility and I take that very, very seriously. So for me, it's all about where are my passions right now? And if I'm doing what I'm passionate about and I'm enjoying it, the people around me are going to gravitate to that. And I'm leading by example. And that's true for my daughter. So I don't look at it as am I spending time with her or work? She sees that I'm passionate about it. She's learning to be passionate about whatever. And that's what I want her to just, if she's going to take anything, know that I'm going to be, I'm going to follow my passions and I'm going to give a hundred percent and I'm not going to give up. 
And, and if you do that in life, you're not going to succumb to addiction and this, that, and the other thing. You're going to follow what your heart is. You're going to have the way to course correct. So, you know, I do the same thing leading the, the GoDads microtribe. That's my, you know, way of making sure that I'm intentional and I have that, that constant ticker in the back that says, be a good dad, be a good dad. And, and, and we're probably, I, I, I've never met your dad or know your upbringing, but for me, it's, I, um, have, I don't know, maybe I'll use the term battle scars from my relationship with my dad that I'm keenly aware of that I will be to, you know, kind of to not pass on. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, life is in general gives us battle scars, right? And, yeah. um, parents, uh, especially are going to leave battle scars because they're tight with us for the first 18 years of our life. You know, um, whether we want them to be tight with us or not, they are, they're right there, you know? So, um, being able to work through them is, is key. So I, there were a couple of things there that I wanted to pull out. you had mentioned that, uh, you, you keep an eye on Stella and say, Hey, is she, you know, is, is she happy? Does she have the general ideas in life? Right. Like, is she moving in that right track? Um, tell me about times where you're not seeing that and how you've been able to kind of course correct it so that, you know, you could say, okay, well, it was just something I'm doing. Is it something that my wife's doing? Is it something that, that outside is doing? So like some example where you saw that she was not on the track that you wanted her on. And then how did you work on, on getting that corrected? Yeah. I mean, that, that's actually pretty easy because, um, it's, it's something that, uh, surfaces, uh, I, th I think it surfaces as much as I need it to, to make me aware of it. And that's where I am being a, a leader. Um, there, there's, there's two general approaches is command and control and enabling and empowering. Um, I can be more of a command and control type of person. So where I see in, and she's a natural leader herself. I mean, that's, that's, it, it, it's pretty, it's too, I don't know enough about it to know whether that is, is, is a genetic thing or whether it's a, it's a learned behavior, but I mean, she even, uh, she can even dominate, you know, current, right. As a five-year-old and, and really uh, make an impact there. And at school, you know, the teachers say that she's just a natural leader. She comes in and she takes, you know, she'll take control. The tact that she uses at times is, can be very reflective of a commanding control. You must do this or that. And that's where I look at that as she's shining a big mirror and I need to kind of, you know, round those corners a bit. And, and I'm learning a, to me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a learning experience. And, and it's like, what got you to a certain point is not going to get you, you know, beyond that. So I, I look at it as we're on a continuous journey of, of growth and, and, and yeah, you know, I always say you're either growing or you're dying. And for me, my own growth journey, it's about how do I, I'm not looking to be a perfect human, no such thing, right? Even, even, uh, you can go back to, you know, maybe Jesus Christ was, but aside from that, it's, it's not about that, but it's, it's the continuous growth and being comfortable with 
who I am and, and, and what I'm doing. And for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm not getting worse, uh, at least not now. And I'll try to be mindful that I don't kind of hit a ditch and, you know, go on the wrong side of that. So I, I to me, it's, that's the area that, uh, I want to be keenly aware or, or, or kind of use that as a gauge of how she's doing outside of, outside of that. Maybe there's probably some areas where we take the, the, the shortcuts that, you know, parents take and that's let her eat junk food because she's got to eat something, um, you know, watch more TV than she should. And now she's got a little tablet. And so we're going to try and have her not be on that thing. Uh, you know, as much as possible, but a lot of it is just knowing what I can be teaching her if I'm at the dinner table and I pull out my phone, that's what I can expect her to do. So that's like, that's just where the awareness comes in. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that says a lot to me as well, because the, <laughs> my phone is, uh, I think with a lot of us in what we do is, um, kind of attached to my hand. It seems as though, I mean, I, I have to charge it throughout the day just to make sure that it stays alive and uh that's <laughs> that's that's tough um but uh, uh let's let's pivot a tiny bit to the entrepreneur side right because you're you're running a business um your yeah. wife is involved in the business as well um so you guys both uh, both lead lead a company and have multiple employees plus you're you know being together uh tell me a little bit about that dynamic and how that kind of works um with uh husband and wife uh running a business and husband and wife running a family and how they kind of interact together yeah it, it's certainly not for the faint of heart and not easy to do um you know i i think over the years uh once we started it was always important for us to make sure that that we have a lane um and and kind of veered into different lanes and, and together many times. And, you know, as we initially, like any company, you start with both of us doing everything and kind of like, you know, whatever needs to be done. And now that we have a larger team, you know, uh, through trial and error and through you know, business practices, coaching and And what have you core focus be as, and where should it continue to evolve and grow? And going back to me being that, that leader, I mean, naturally I, I, I play CEO and I say play because I still know what, you know, it's like a game, right? So, um, and then for her, it's, it's following, uh, her passions and where she gravitates to. So it's a lot of not, uh, I look at it as. It's not always about what needs to be done, but what are you doing? And, and whatever you are doing is probably more indicative of where you should double down and spend more time. And now I say that, uh, with the caveat that that is an evolutionary process and that as the company grows, then my role kind of changes and needs to grow with it. I can, I mean, I'm a natural technician, so I can't be in systems uh, for the company to be successful. But I think at, at home and our relationship is, is really anchored in communication. Mm -hmm. And, and um, 
And that's, that's communicating through, uh, certainly language and, and talking a lot, uh, you know, our, our essentially our drive into drop Stella off at school and into the office is a business meeting. Our drive home is typically a business meeting. Um, even sometimes at dinner, it's, it's turns into a business meeting. It's very important that we are number one is that we're constantly talking about what, why we're doing what we're doing. And, and, you know, it's not about money for us. It's, it's never been. And it's, it's all about, again, following what we're passionate about, we're passionate about contributing, sharing and impact and, and our business and our company is just a, a vehicle there. And we happen to choose real estate and now self-storage just because it's, uh, it's got characteristics of a lot of cool things It's business. It's, it's a hard out of sets. Um, it's all about a, a compounding wealth. And that's, that's a conversation for another time, but it really comes down to being aware of absolutely communicating, um, if we have disagreements, knowing that there's, uh, that's going to happen, uh, knowing that, that, you know, just being mindful of how we're communicating is a perfect no. Uh, I'm, I'm just as guilty if I get into a mood, uh, there's, it's not going to be pretty, but it's like the continuous growth, just being aware of it. Um, and, and really just mm -hmm. trying to be, just trying to be better and incrementally better. I know that if I have an emotional reaction, that's probably not the best time to talk about something. Um, so the personal growth journey, we're both on it. You know, we both have coaches and that's probably the hardest thing is the, you know, you have to go find people that are just going to give you honest answers. Um, and evaluate you and what you're doing and, and have a level of experience that you can have confidence that you're going to learn from. Uh, so, and then obviously there's the, 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 the interpersonal, you know, relationship that's not about business is, is critical sharing, making sure that we're constantly on the same page with, with Stella and, and what we're looking to teach her and, and how do we reflect? All right. Welcome back everybody and Sergio as I ran into a technical issue, but, uh, um, all right, we're, we're gonna, uh, we're, we're talking a little bit about business and, um, how you and your wife, um, kind of run business as well as, um, uh, life together. Uh, one thing that I, I listened to a little bit of Alex Ramosi, um, on the business side of the house and, uh, Alex and Layla Ramosi, they started off as, uh, like sort of dating and then turned into business partners. And, one thing that he talks about is is a you know you you kind of hit on it a little bit is is knowing what where your roles are right. Um, one thing he always says is like there's too many uh, there's too many spouses that try to fit their their spouse into the business as opposed to you're a perfect fit for this spot in the business let's take it not like they just want to include their spouse in the business you know and if if it's a fit it's a fit if it's not it's not uh, but when you try to force it it ends up being uh, an issue right <laughs> because. You know, there, it's not going to be exactly what you're looking for. It's not going to be whatever. So, you know, you'd mentioned like even uh, being being passionate about, you know, the thing that you're paying doing the most and, you know, you're passionate about just like that's where you should double down on. Right. Um, and that should be a sign, I think, for any of us. Right. Because my, my wife's getting ready to retire in two years. 
Um, I'm going to keep on saying this out loud over and over and over again to force her to do that. Um, I'm sabotaging every chance I can to make sure that she doesn't promote to the next rank. But uh, so when she retires in two years, like she talked about being a part of business, like, okay, well, we need to have a strong conversation about that. Does it make sense to have her in the business? Does she actually want to be, or is it just because she sees me doing it or what is it? Um, you know, uh, it seems as though you guys have, have kind of figured this, figured some of this out together and figured out like where your guys' roles are. I know I've, I've heard you talk about it a little bit. Um, but I want to, I want to adjust it a tiny bit. Uh, you'd mentioned driving in the car, dropping Stella off at school, sometimes a business meeting, right? Um, and then previously you talked about obviously intentionality. Uh, I'd like to hear how it, it, there's, there's multiple parts that, to this question because you'd also talked about um you know are you guys always 100 percent in your ability to be able to communicate with each other no right but how intentional and how are you making sure you are intentional with your conversations that you have with your spouse in front of your kid um you know that that say okay a conversation i'm having with corinne in front of stella what does this actually look like to stella how is that like what we're doing together how is that influencing my child like if i'm having a business meeting like what kind of things are you thinking about as you're having these or, or in some cases, think about afterwards and go, dang, damn it, I screwed that up. Or, wow, I really did that well. Like, give me, give me some, some insights on that. Yeah. So, so backing up real quick on something that you didn't say is, um, in That's terms not allowed. of backing up, out. not allowed on this podcast. Do that. Well, one thing is that, uh, you know, going back to from when we started till now, it's, it's evolutionary in terms of, what we're doing, how we're doing it and, and the right roles. So, so, so that is, um, it's continuing to evaluate what we've done throughout our lives and how that translates to what we're doing now. And, and, you know, if your wife is considering, you know, joining you, there's probably a lot of things that you can go back. There's a body of work there, what she's done, what she's passionate about. And, and it all translates, you know, I look at it as from a business standpoint, it can, all the roles relate back to the example I gave into a primitive village. They, they will relate back and you just got to kind of trace it back and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm good at. So everybody, there's, there's always the roles to be defined. Um, so for us, it's, it's continuous evolution and, you know, finding again, what are we passionate about? What do we like doing? What we don't like doing? What are we doing? All right. So then going to the conversations, um, you know, in our business meeting, the, the intentionality, what, what that, what that looks like is, is a balance of if there's something important or something that we should talk about, then, then we talk about it on the ride. If there's a learning moment, then we turn it into a learning moment. So Stella, we have this problem with X, Y, Z team member or this property, whatever, and turn it into education. It's, it's homeschooling, if you will, through life, mm-hmm. but we can turn it into an educational experience. When we pick up Stella, Stella, how was your day? And it's not just a ask a question because I think I'm supposed to ask that question. I turn down the radio, right? We allow her, you know, she speaks, we ask probing questions. So we are present in the conversation. We're having a ride in the morning. It's a beautiful day. We're observing, 
you know, we're in Amish country and there's a lot of farms and everything. Hey, Stella, check this out, check that out. And then we turn it into learning moments. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Mommy doesn't feel well, daddy doesn't feel well. And just, it's just what we're, what we're establishing is a structure of communication, openness, sharing. Uh, it goes from anything, what do you plan on doing at school today? And just probing, probing questions. Uh, um, uh, a book that I read and uh, Jamie Ruber originally uh, uh, told me about it was how to talk so your kids will listen, how to listen so your kids will talk. And it's just communication skills. And, and so it's, it's about communication and how do we, not, and being aware and intentional in any given moment, um, communicating, uh, understanding, reflecting upon our feelings. If I'm in a bad mood, you're not going to hear much out of me. If I'm in a deep state of thought, thinking through a problem or issue when I'm driving Stella to school by herself, it's going to be pretty quiet, uh, making sure that she's, and she's okay with that. So it's not, we're not trying to be overbearing parents. You don't have to speak every moment of a car ride. It's perfectly okay to be quiet. So it's, it's being authentic, um, intentional, learning moments, being mindful of what we're saying, how we're talking about it. One thing that drives me nuts are parents that talk in front of their kids as if their kids aren't there. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, and the kids are like looking at the parents. You're, you're, it's just asinine. The kid is hearing you. The kid is old enough to understand what you're saying. So you're talking as if they don't know. And then, you know, inevitably, Stella will ask a question and you say, okay, well, she asked an, a, a question of something that she's curious and like, where did you hear that from? What, well, you know, what makes you interested in that? And so you, you, you know, they're listening, they're listening and they're learning. And so whatever you're feeding them, that's, that's how they're being cultivated. So that's kind of, there's no magic to it. It's just awareness, communication and, and intentionality. So you said that you, you want to be authentic now. What if, what if we, I mean, you, you, there may be somebody listening that says, well, the authentic me is to, <laughs> I, I don't talk. So I'm not going to talk to my kids about any of this stuff. It doesn't make sense that that's not authentic to me. Um, what kind of pushback would you have on that? Well, I, or agreement. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, communication is, is a fundamental requirement, you know, in life, unless you have some sort of physical like limitation you you know you can't hear can't speak whatever mm -hmm. communication is paramount i i would say if somebody says i just don't want to or don't like to talk question i have is why yeah. isn't it i mean do you lack confidence in your ideas your thoughts why they generally like quietness okay maybe but is there another way you know, communication just doesn't have to be oral, right? It can be, you know, through touch and, 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 and whatever, as long as it's understood by the people around you where you're at, then I, you know, I'm not going to try and I, I would never say change who you are, but understanding who you are and, uh, and making sure that the people that are around you and, and you care about and care about you are aware as well i mean if it's an under if it's a sign of an underlying issue of you know depression or, or whatever then you obviously you want to get the root of that but um you know that's I, typically I, like, where i 
I see that type of thing go is it's it's more of a um, you know you can even go back to the framework of of like why we started talking about your dad and why I had my dad on the first podcast just to look at where like how it is that we started to become yeah. where we are now. Um, if you if you find yourself sitting in a car and you're like I just have zero desire to talk to my kids or anybody else because of whatever maybe it's because you were never talked to as a child maybe it's because and I'm not trying to bring it back to oh you had daddy problems right that's not that's not the case. It's just like, let's think critically about why it is we're doing what we're doing. And maybe the authentic you is because you've built these walls or you've built this, you've built this idea of what the authentic you is based off of what you think the authentic you should be, as opposed to actual authenticity, like yeah, being able to actually just realize, oh, well, I need to take this wall down because it's, it's hurting me or um, you know, I, I need to let that part of my life go because it's uh, holding on to it doesn't make any sense. You know, like it just, it's, yeah. it's a process that we all need to think through and we all need to understand. And it, it's no. not easy. Well, no. and, and, and for me, my parents were the opposite. My, my, the only communication that my parents did was through yelling. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I, you know, going back to learning from that, it's, it's more, and, and courage parents for that matter um they they're they're far more communicative but not necessarily about feelings passions and and that kind of thing so it's kind of like how do we establish our own communication you know model for me i i would have loved i look back and say i would love to have had some better conversations with my dad what are you thinking about what do you feel what was your life like but that was that was taboo for how he was brought up. So it's kind of like let's let's I forget where where it comes from, but it's we have to break the patterns, the bad patterns that we have. I mean, we're you know if all goes well on the journey that we're on, we're we're going to have a a a fair amount of wealth and. With that comes a level of responsibility and, you know, we, we know too much. We learn too much. We're, we're, we're curious. We're inquisitive. So as we learn and grow, it's important that we share that. And so passing that down to Stella, number one is, is practicing that behavior is, is critical. Uh, you know, being on the same page with things. We're not always on the same page with things and that's okay. And we, Tell Stella that it's okay to not agree with everything that everybody says, but let's, let's have some critical thinking. Let's not just make it based on emotion and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And that, I think this, uh, making decisions based off emotion is almost always a bad idea. Like almost always a bad idea. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, I'm a very logical thinker anyway, so it's hard for me to, to every time that I've made a decision off of emotion, I've realized how terrible of a decision it was later on, um, which has only confirmed my bias towards being a logical thinker. Um, uh, not that emotion is bad. It's just like, let's not make decisions in an emotional state, right? Like be, be wise with it. You know, one thing that my wife and I talk about is, is being, um, the kids need to know that we are aligned, even if we don't agree, right? So they they can see us disagree and see what it's like to have healthy disagreements and a healthy conversation around the disagreement. And I also want my kids to see that in the business life, right? My kids are, are, are I mean, I work from home. Um, I pick them up. I drop them off at school. I'm on business calls sometimes while I'm, while they're in the car. 
they hear me disagree with people on there, but they hear me be respectful. They hear me like they hear the conversation that goes back and forth in a healthy manner. Um, and then we could talk about it afterwards. Like my son, uh, my oldest, Adam, asks why all the time. It drives his Tia Yesenia crazy. She's like, why do you like just stop asking me why? And then he's like, well, da- daddy said that I should ask why. And I do. I want him to ask why as much as humanly possible, um, because that's how you learn. You know what my dad used to tell me is why is how little boys learn. Um, because I'd ask why all the time as a very inquisitive kid. And I want that inquisitiveness about life all the time. Cause if you're not asking why, if you're not looking for ways to grow, if you're like, you'll end up like I was for the first 25 years of my life before I got married. Like I'm just, just a robot in motion because that's what I saw. I didn't ask myself why I didn't ask why I was joining the military. I didn't ask why I spent all of my money on every paycheck. I didn't ask any of that stuff. Uh, I didn't ask why I had an argument with somebody at work. It was just. I did like this is this is just how how I go through life, you know. Um, well, the, the, to the, answer the, right to the, the answer to that why is is even more important. And I was always a curious kid, and, and even to this day, I'm, I'm very well known as asking a lot of questions because that's how you, that's how we learn. Yep. But when kids and and kids, their their brain is expanding. They're a sponge. They want to learn, and if you yep. give them garbage answers you're feeding them with garbage so to say daddy why is the tree green and it's not a really probing let's understand why that tree is green and you just say because god says so well guess what you didn't you didn't teach anything in that moment you just said kid you're an idiot and i'm just going to give you an answer that's that's not really helpful but if you start to go into if you don't know the answer then you just say well you know, Stella, I don't know the answer, but when we go home, let's go figure it out. Let's research yep. it. And it turns into a a moment of not only answering the question why trees are green, but the critical thinking, the research and everything else. Yeah. And, and I mean, if if I could teach my kids, you know, my wife and I have talked about it, like if, if I and I've told my son, I said, I don't care if you come home with 70s, all 70s across the board in your scores. I care that you worked your butt off. You're trying to make sure that you understand the stuff and you're thinking about what it is, right? If, if you're not thinking critically about it and trying to get better, then we're going to have issues. But if you're working your hardest, you're doing these things, then go for it. But I need to teach you that same thing, which means even in my day-to-day stuff, if I am not getting something the way that I want it to be, because I have a tendency to be a perfectionist and it's biting me in the butt because my kid saw it for a lot of, a lot of years. Now he is a perfectionist, you know? Um, if I'm not paying attention to that, then that's, yeah. that's what i'm showing my kid is that you know if if you don't get exactly what you want then it's game over and again to go to go back to your point yeah not what we say it's what we do so i need to pay attention to that greatly um and that's why i mean you'll hear them all the time like if, especially for driving because i i don't typically like to do a lot of research while i'm driving but hey daddy ask siri this question you know so i'll, <laughs> I'll jump on and try to because we're trying to figure out the answer to something and i want that inquisitiveness like crazy and I do the same thing with the business. So I was like sitting down with my son and I said, Hey, um, let's, let's talk about investing. Like he had no idea what, what I was talking about. I think he was six at the time. Um, six, maybe seven. And, uh, um, I was like, let's, let's, you know, what do you think about investing? You know, cause I, I mentioned something about investing and he asked the question, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? So we started talking about what it is and like, you know, what, what, what you do with your money. And, um, you know, you could put money into something and then it, it, it grows. It's not in your wallet, but it's somewhere else working for you to grow, to be able to become more later on. And uh, I was like, I, I think about investing in a house for you. What do you think about that? He's like, yeah, I think I think that'd be awesome. I said, do you think you'd want to invest money in that? Yeah, I, 
I think I could invest a hundred dollars in that, right? He just got excited. I think we could do this, right? And it became a thing where because he asked a question, we were able to use it as a learning point. We were able to start talking about it. Now I want to buy him a house. I've kind of adjusted that a little bit. I want to, I want to, uh, start a, uh, my plan is to start a, um, a vending machine business for him. Hmm. Uh, because I started thinking about it going, all right, HVACs are not very relatable to an eight year old. Um, but a bag of Doritos is. So if I can see him go to Sam's club, buy these bags of Doritos, yeah. go with me, load up the thing, pull out the money, see what the work is taking That's and cool. grow this business. Now he gets to see, oh man. And of course, one of the first questions, can I eat one of the bags of Doritos? <laughs> like, well, buddy, technically that would be a business expense, right? I mean, you're, you're yeah, charging it to the middle. Like, you know? <laughs> so, uh, he, he wants to do all that, but. It's all because he asks questions and I'm trying to be intentional with it. Right. Um, and it, it, it's exciting to, to me because yeah. I want to involve my kids in the business. Right. I want them to yeah. be involved. I don't want, you know, I, I was talking to somebody else recently about, um, you know, Hey, you, you know, you're going to want your kid to join the military like you and your wife. And I said, I want my kid to join the military if he wants to, I don't want it to be the only option. I don't want him to, to, to grow up and go, well, I mean, I'm, I'm joining the Air Force because that's what my parents did. And I, I want there to be multiple options. And he chooses that one for a strategic reason, like for a reason, not just because mommy and daddy did it. So I'm going to go do it. Um, exactly. I think that uh, teaching them and, and, and guiding him now and, you know, showing them, you know, now we, they've got a little sister on the way. Right. So now we're, we're like, oh, man, this is uh, I've got. I want my oldest now to even think about what do I do in front of my little sister and why the why's behind all of it and how are we behaving and what are we doing and being leaders and um you know if they're strong leaders maybe they will choose the military if they're you know if if this that like they just want to lead in that in that capacity but you know really hoping secretly they don't want to do that but uh, but if they do if they do it is what it is you know like I'm I'm, for I'm here reason, to support it yep that's it that's it. But so, um, when it comes to, uh, involvement in the business, I know you talked about, um, you'll have conversations based off of what you guys have going on in the business. Do you have any plans to involve Stella in, in the business, um, either at this age, at a later age, at, you know, whenever, or is it more just, um, we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, similar to your answer with the, when it comes to the military, uh, we'll see what she gravitates to. If she shows an interest, um, she can start, I'll hire her next week. Um, yeah. you know, when, when we had our property management business and we were a residential, Lauren would take her, you know, to do showings. We had still a helping and, you know, we had coin operated laundry machines and counting coins. So it's, it's, it's like exposing her to elements of, well, as far and wide of life as possible and see what she gravitates to. Um, she's, she's, showing more interest in in arts um, and that may be that may involve because i'm more of a intellectual type of um, experimental type of person that in some cases she's you know we do a little science stuff and things like that um so i it really comes down to she's got to show an interest and and something that she wants to do and i will be aware of that and you know, provide for her for the avenue to do so and outside of that you know there's not going to be like you said i'm not forcing anything she wants it it's there she doesn't that's okay too I, I don't want her to um avoid or want or not want 
either because of the bad experience or a, a correlation. You know, she said, Hey, I don't want to do that because daddy was never home and he always worked. And so I don't want to do that. And that's, that's one thing versus being forced. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just observe what she's doing, what she wants to do. And we try to expose her to as much as possible. And I mean, we got a lot of work that we like to do a lot more traveling just so she can experience more culture and, and whatever. Again, it goes back to whatever she's showing passion for and we're just going to give her the, the tools and resources and, you know, where possible, some learnings to pursue it or not. And no, I have no grand ideas uh, beyond that. Awesome. And I think that's one of the benefits about doing what we're doing anyways, right? Running businesses and that we're doing that to give us that freedom. Like, why would we take that freedom away from our kids? Right. I mean, we like we're, we're doing it because this is what we like to do and it's the freedom that it gives us. Um, so to pigeonhole our kids into something and force them into one thing or another and that doing the opposite for them that we're trying to do for ourselves, you know? Um, so I like it. What is, if you would, if you had to say, this is the number one thing I've learned about being a dad while running a business, um, or running a business while being a dad, right? Cause you were running a business before you became a dad. Um, so kind of like what would be like the number one tip for somebody listening, um, or, or again, selfishly for me, uh, for, for saying, Hey, this is the number one thing that I've learned, um, that I think that everybody should apply. Uh, to me, it really is, um, it's about the intentionality and again, the, I go back to the, the example part. Um, I, I, I want, number one is there's gotta be a balance, right? It's not going to be like that we sit down, we have dinner. There's not a endless work day. Um, it is, it is a dominating uh, part of time, mm -hmm. but not, not just it, but I, I would say it is being mindful and pr present and intentional in how you, whatever you are doing. I like to say that I give a hundred percent of whatever I'm doing. If I'm in a meeting with you, then I'm not going to, I, as much as I can be distracted and whatever, I try to be, you know, intentional a hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes if we have a business meeting and I explain to Stella why it's important, but and then just say, hey, when I'm done, we're going to be able to do this. I mean, if there's a day off. So it goes back to the intentionality and, and, and leading by example. Um, it's not a, a specific thing. Um, try to make sure that we um, don't set an example where work is the number one priority. Um, it, would I like to play more? Um, probably. I, I don't ever feel that we don't play at all, uh, but I also attribute it to that we are re very much focused on on building something bigger and in impactful. Could be ego that's that's driving that. I don't know. But I can go back to what, what do I want to do when I wake up? And, you know, I wake up either, I wake up, um, typically I'm up three, four in the morning anyway. 
but am I waking up inspired or stressed? And if I want to have more days where I'm inspired than and stress. And as long as that balance is there, then um, I'm following my passions. That's the best thing I can do. Nice. All right. So intentionality has definitely been something that you've, you've hammered home a couple times on here. And it's, uh, um, I think it's evident in, in watching you being a dad, right. And then, uh, and I, I'm guessing, uh, based off of the relationship you had with your dad, you, you wanted to be pulling that intentionality out a bit more anyways, right. Where, um, you know, it was one of the same reasons that I'm very intentional with what I'm doing. Um, and, and I, I, I don't want to walk through life just seeing what hits me. I want to be intentional about all everything I'm doing. One thing that somebody talked about as far as the intentionality goes was, was, um, and I know we're, we're coming close on time, but they, I, I was like, Hey, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm dedicating the time to my kids, et cetera, et cetera. They were like, Oh, well make sure like put, put the family time in your calendar. And I was like, I don't want my family to just be a part of my calendar. Right. That didn't, didn't, you know, taste well coming out of my mouth right uh and the more i started thinking about it the more i was like all right well well maybe i'm not fitting my family in but i'm making sure that i'm guarding that time from anybody else being able to book my calendar during yeah. that time and i'd love to hear just like if you have any thoughts on that on one side or another because i still to this day <laughs> bounce back and forth on whether or not i should put something like that in my calendar because i don't want it to be well this is your spot on the calendar adam and that's when we can go and do these yeah. things right like I mean, that hurts me I, I, I'm a process and system junkie. Um, I don't believe, I don't want to be a robot, right? I, humans yearn freedom. And to me, what I am mindful of is making sure that I am dedicating as much as time as possible for family. And again, that goes back to being intentional about having dinner together, sitting mm -hmm. down at the dinner table. Is it five, seven days a week? No. Um, but it's, it's balanced enough where I don't see it as a problem. So it's constant, constant evaluation and probably how are we doing? Uh, we try to check in as much as possible, but I, I give, you know, like I said, I'm up three, four in the morning and my brain is nonstop. Um, Come four or five o'clock, I've got, I don't have a whole lot left to give from an intellectual work productivity perspective. And, um, so then it's about, um, not to sound corny, but it's about giving my heart to family. Let's, let's be intentional there and, and going into by day, my brain has to crank through work and, and there's a physical component to that. When I'm, you know, when I'm through my work day and I try to not be that way every single day, I, I, I feel like I just boxed 12 rounds. I, I gave it my all mm -hmm. and then I need to allocate the focus time. And then that goes back to what we were talking about on vacation. It was, it was. We go away for two weeks and I like the vacation hard, right? We we're, we're there. We're going to be adventure. We're going to celebrate the hard work that we've done. Um, for better or worse, I'm a big believer in, in working hard and celebrating that, that to me feels good. Um, crazy as it sounds, but sometimes I, I, I don't do something because I don't, 
feel that I've earned it and, or that it is, and this could be, you know, psychological baggage, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out and not going to be perfect, but when we are going to do something, let's do it well and good. Let's not have some half-ass, if we're going to have dinner, we're going to say grace, we're going to have a focused dinner, try to establish that. Is it perfect? No. Is it ever going to be perfect? Hell no, but I'm not going to be a robot and say, I'm going to schedule as thing. I mean, we put things on our calendar that are truly appointments that, that we have to be somewhere and do something, but I'm not, I'm not into just like, Hey, this is my, if like your point, if I need something to remind me, it's not intentional. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's, that's the bottom line. And I'm not trying to be a robot. I mean, there's, there's tons of books out there where People say, oh, this is, this is the schedule you have every day. And I like to think that I'm highly productive and not every, every single day is going to be that robotic day that I'm strong and I've done this, I've achieved that. I mean, get the hell out of here. That's bullshit. I mean, we're human, right? We're, we're, we have, we're, we're born with emotions and, and uh, senses. And the goal is to, love and appreciate all of those things, right? Joy, pain, sympathy, empathy, yeah. um, you know, uh, being down, crying. So feel all of life. Don't try and just say, Hey, I'm, you know, you see some of these people that are just generally happy all the time. Well, uh, if that's the case, then you're probably, I, I, I question, I question a lot of that. So try to live life as full as possible. Yeah. Makes sense. I love it. All right. Well, we are uh, tapped out on our time here. Uh, we and I both have to get back to our busy schedules that we were just talking about, right? Being in exactly. with our time. So um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, how would they do that? How would they find you? Maybe they want to invest with you. Maybe they want to sure. just, you know, pick your brain about being a dad. Where, where can they, uh, where can we send them? So I'm on Facebook. I hate Facebook, but I'm there. Uh, Sergio Alfamari. You can find me on, on LinkedIn, Sergio at hfireholdings.com. You want to get uh, on our, on our private mailing list, uh, investwithsergio.com kind of takes you to our, you know, investment company platform. So reach out. I love sharing, like talking about just life in general. So awesome. Well, uh, full disclosure, I am invested with you on deals, right? And, uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, uh, all of our families have met. Both of our families have met. The kids are still going to hang out together. Looking forward to the next time. Uh, we definitely need to plan something out. But thank you so much, Sergio, for jumping on with me. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you around. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. Later. Later. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.